Welcome back to the Passive Six Podcast, part two for this week. Diving into domestic fixtures, it was a uh, it was a busy week. There was some uh, there was definitely some highlights to to discuss, some calls to discuss. Um, yeah, just just <laughs> just your average week in the the bully. Um, I'm gonna take things from the top, fellas. Maybe we, we just brush over this the Friday fixture real quick for the uh for the fans whoa, Oxburg. Whoa. I just want to say something about the Friday fixtures. <laughs> they have an absolute garbage. Yeah. Last couple of weeks. I I don't I don't I, it doesn't it doesn't really matter who's playing. They've just been absolute garbage. I was gonna ask that when was when was our last like good Friday fixture? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe January 24th, you had the light. Oh, no, it's a Tuesday. Never mind. Maybe Byron Leipzig on the 20th, then. It was a draw, though, but it was a good game, a draw between two top sides. Yeah. Yeah, then you yeah, one, I mean, one. really at that point, then you go back to November for the four two glad back over <laughs> Dorman. Yeah. yeah. So basically at best we've had one good Friday fixture since we come back. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I would say certainly. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean people argue it like, well, what what makes a good fixture? You know, like uh but no, you know, enjoyable to watch, which <laughs> doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. See, it's 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 also a thing too where like you have Two of the most unwatchable teams right now playing on Friday night or on yeah. the Friday fixture. Yeah, who really? Who Augsburg and Hoffenheim? Really? That's a really like, good point. And I mean, that's been the last well, three, honestly, right? Because you, I mean, you had Schalke and, and Wolfsburg the week before, right? And I mean, neither one of those teams are are good television right now. And then historically, that would have been a good matchup. Yeah, but, historically, I agree. That's that's a prime time Friday night. Battle, and then the week before that, we already, you know, Oxbury waving cues in. Yeah, why is Oxbury playing on Friday night twice in like a month? Because <laughs> they're not in but, Europe and they're not in Pokal. <laughs> we got, we got like, six teams still in Pokal and in Europe. Like they're running out of fixtures. Like, like I wish there was a way that you that the Bundesliga could like switch. Who plays? They could so like. They absolutely could. They just have to do it like every other league and have teams that have played twenty three matches and teams that have played nineteen matches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we said a lot in the prem, right? Yeah, I mean, every other league it seems like has a table, and you look at it and go, "Well, this team's got a game in hand, or this team's got three games in hand." It drives me nuts because you're like, yeah, like that. I can't imagine not like. I can't imagine doing it that way. It drive me I mean, absolutely through the wall. I mean, what's it called? Because the Bundesliga schedule just mirrors itself. I forgot what it's called, right? Where it's like you you play you play you know each team, and then the, it's just a reverse. Like, yeah, but I'm saying like, doesn't it mirror, or at least it used? To, I think it still does, right? Where like yeah. it's just the order in reverse. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, yeah no. So you if you play you you play every single team, right? Right. You play home and away, and right. So you're gonna alternate. So yeah, you play every single team, and then you turn around and do the exact same order of teams again. You just play the reverse fixture. Exactly, exactly. 
um, which I mean, very German, <laughs> you know, very methodical. Right? It's methodical, to it. it's simplistic, and it works. Um, but then it, yeah, it leaves you with with moments like this. Uh, and I mean, I think I actually think in Germany, if I'm not mistaken, the Friday night fixture isn't necessarily like for uh, like for us watching it, it feels like it's the prime time, right? It's the later fixture on a weekday. It's lit, but I just remember like. Um, you know, and then like people can hold me, keep me honest here, but I don't think that's necessarily the, the prime time. Like I think the, the Saturday late game is the yeah the- actual prime time fixture. Um, part of it has to be do with work. Right. Cause I mean, it's a Friday, like, you know, Friday evening game, which, you know, for us is, is uh, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> it, right. It's a week, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, and that's especially why they don't like, you know, midweek fixtures. Um, you know, at least Friday night, it's a Friday night, but it's still is a work day versus a Saturday night. Um, but, so that's the other thing, but I mean, for us, it's like, okay, it's only one, you know, only one team's playing. It's on, you know, at the end of the week, I don't know. It just, uh, right. I mean, it's an eight 30 evening fixture on a Friday. It's a, but it's six 30 on a Saturday fixture. Mm-hmm. So. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly right, CB. They they've been they've been trash. Hoffenheim's. Uh, I mean, we 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 continue to say it. They got to find answers. Um, dropping that one. Um, you know, credit to Augsburg going out there and getting the win. Not much to talk about there, though. Being honest with you, fellas. Um, let, let's talk this one. Let's talk this one because I know it's going <laughs> to take a little bit, and then we can you know we, we keep things moving along. Uh, the Gobat curse continues. I couldn't remember, fellas, if, if anyone actually said it was going to happen. Because I think we all, at least I know I did, said, oh, no, not this year. Like, things are going to be yeah. different now. I don't um, think anybody said that. I think, I think, well, we also all thought it would stay 11 v. 11. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> Gladbach 3-2. Um, you know, the big talking point, eight minutes in. Red card up from kind of straight red. Uh, last man back on uh, Alessandro Playa. It's the softest foul of the game. <laughs> and it's I been, uh, it, yeah, it, it's been, it's been the talking point. Um, Outside of the official and. Playa, I don't know that anyone actually believes that it was a valid red card. And well, and myself, I guess. So there's three people that believe it was a valid red card. It was a valid red card in principle. The letter of the law Not says it's a, it, the letter yeah, of the law it, says it's a valid red card. That's the way. And, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like in that regard, yes, it's a valid red card. Yes. But, but I way, stand by the fact the way, that it's the softest the way, foul that was yeah. that happened in that game. Yeah. Softer than things that weren't called. Right. And I don't, I, mean, I, I was disappointed. I'm disappointed in the rules that they yes. don't allow the official to look at it and go, we're eight minutes into this game. This is the first thing I'm calling and I'm sending a player off. Is this really <laughs> worth sending a player off for? I mean, how many times does that happen in the game? Oh. Well, yeah, yeah, and and that, that was my point, and I think, I mean, the other thing, and I, I saw someone say it really well on Twitter. You know, that it kind of, 
my problem was, you know, you, and as you said, you make that call and then you're dependent on the whole um, undisputable evidence, right? Like, because you made that call on the pitch, it's that much harder to overturn it. You know, when VAR goes and looks at it, the referees already made that call on the pitch that it was a foul. You well, know? he said that there was nothing VAR was going to show him that was going to make him change his mind anyway. And he didn't go check the monitor, right? Right. Well, that's why he didn't. He yeah. He came out and said afterwards that there was no way that VAR was going to be able to show him an image or video that would change his mind from the call. He had already – it was already 100% perfect in his mind, and he did uh, – I disagree. And that's and, the problem I had. Right. I, I don't think that was the right approach for him. That was wrong. He should have gone to the monitor and at minimum for – and this is what how I feel refs should handle this. You have to sell this call to the fans, right? Whether or not you've already made up your mind, by going to the monitor, you're saying, hey, we have this tool in place. It's a valuable tool to use. I think it's worth taking another look at. Let me just confirm to make sure that this is right. I would, you gotta, you gotta go there and you gotta sell the call. Well, and I mean, and you didn't know, do enough I job mean, selling it for him on the field. The plan on selling for the fans, though, you gotta remember where this game was played. <laughs> you know, and, and the ref even said it himself. Is he said, "Hey, there is pressure from fans not to eat up time looking at VAR." You know, I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> you know, the game's in Gladbach. You've already heard, you know, negative press, and particularly we've seen it from England, right, where they get pissed if a ref takes any time to look at video. Um, and I mean, I I respect him for coming out and saying that, you know, that there was there was pressure to do that, and I think that hits on your point here, as it's like you've got those two kind of, um, you can't please everybody, right? No, you know? but you can like, go over there fans, for like, okay and spend fifteen seconds. Right, right. It was a Bayern fan. Go go watch that. But if you're a Gladbach fan. Don't go look at that. Like, you know, stick stick with the calls. Get Pocano out of here. Keep the game going. Um, it was a terrible call. It was a terrible call. I, and I and I'm sorry, fellas. I don't. This whole letter of the law thing. The whole the whole letter of the law thing is dependent on that actually being a foul. You know, and this is what I kept coming back to. Yes, I get if that is if that is in fact a foul. If that is in fact a foul, then it's a red card because he's the last man back. You know, but. <laughs> You know, I think we're too far down the, 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 the like the order here is that to me, that's not a foul. You know, and as what you said, Steve, how many times do we see contact like that throughout the game that simply is not caught? Particularly in that game, we saw far worse contact that either wasn't called, you know, yeah. Um, I don't like it. I think Playa did a really good job selling it. And again, I, I said it in the chat. I don't, I don't, I'm not bothered by Playa selling that. One of my all-time favorite players, you know, Aaron Robin, <laughs> did that, had a career built on that. Well, his left foot and, and, <laughs> and you know, his tendency to, quote-unquote, dive. I have no problem with that. You know, it's, it's part, unfortunately, whether you like it or not, that's part of the game. You have to sell those calls to the ref. Um, no, I I see sort of what you're saying there. And I think for, for people listening, that's only a foul in that scenario, right? As the Correct. last, Correct. right? Anywhere Correct. else on the pitch, I don't believe that's a foul. Correct. And, he, and if he wasn't last man back, it's not a, yeah. Like, the, right. Like, it could be so the, the scenario dictated yeah, the call, exactly. not the play on the field. 
That's it exactly. And that's what I don't like because nowhere in the law says, okay, in this scenario, we're going to have, um, I mean, it's the same thing we see in the box, right? Is it's like guys will go down in the box when they wouldn't have gone down like that in the middle of the pitch, you know, right? Uh, because they're trying to get that penalty call and the ref will see that and be like, you know, he's trying to get that penalty call, but that's a, that's a, uh, a I wouldn't call that a foul regardless. Right. That was my problem is, is based on that scenario you call that foul, you know, and that, that, that's, that's how I felt. And yeah. that's when I have a problem. Well, that's where I feel like the ref should have the discretion to say either that's not a foul or I don't have to send him off for a straight red, right? A yellow is sufficient. Well, isn't letter of the law, though, it's a straight red if it's the last man back, right? True, and that's what I'm saying. That My issue from the beginning has been that the rule is wrong and that the ref should be allowed to make – a discretionary yeah. call there. Oh, I like, see what the, you're saying. I that the saying. rule, I that. Yeah, yeah, the rule has failed the the play. Right, the ref, the ref followed the rules that were set out for him. The rules are just bad, resulting uh, in a bad call. <laughs> I, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I have no problem with that. I have no, pro- I have no problem. With, I mean, here's my thing: is like the rules are the rules, right? And I know this is what we've all been saying: like the the law is a law, right? Like we can't really argue that. I see what you're saying, like. I wish it was different, but at the same time, we benefited from the other side of that, right? Um, but again, my problem is, <laughs> don't even get to that point of calling it a foul. It wasn't a foul to me. And I, I know there was contact. There was contact and the man went down. But if you go look at that contact, and, and if you look at, if you take a look at like the, yeah, it's just a lot to dissect, right? Because Ufa Makano clearly was trying to avoid the contact. Did he still make contact? Absolutely, Right. But you you can't look at it and be like there was any intent on, on him to foul. You know, because there's no, always Plia, Plia anticipated the contact that would right. ultimately come. And the second he felt it, he embraced it. Right. And I think it was far less than what he was anticipating. Because if McConnor did a uh, did a hell of a job to kind of, you know, duck out of the way, you know, and there was yeah. a little bit of a, 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 a you know, a grab on the shoulder because he was trying to like get around him, you know, yeah. and then their legs brushed. Correct. <laughs> their legs brushed. And it's you can give a card for a game. dive too. You can't, but I don't even think you have to give that. I, I just play, you know. Like I, I didn't think it was. It was. It was. I, I certainly wasn't the worst dive I've seen. As you no, said, for sure, raised himself for contact. The contact came. He went down. You also have to count, you know, for the fact he's running at a very high speed. There, you know, you're you're, you're anticipating Jan Summer coming out as well. There's a lot going on in, the, in that moment, right? So for um, you, if you're the official in that game. It's just a no call. I think so. Game just goes on. Okay. I think so. I, I, think, I mean, I think I, so, I, think, I think so. I think so. How we, how we all feel. And I think that the, yeah. the problem is that. Yeah. And that's one of my things. Like I, I I'm not going to blame letter of the law. Like I said, if it was a foul, yeah, Mukado's got to go based on letter of the law. But it was a it, it, you. You opened it up with it. It was a very very soft foul call, and and there were far worse tackles throughout the they rest of that called. game that weren't called for anything, <laughs> you know, not even a foul. It's play on. That's what I got a problem with. But I agree with you, too, at that point, that, like, it, could it have been a foul and not a red card? Um, the, the more I think about it, like, it is it is really messed up because that was extremely soft, you know. Right. Um, it would be a straight red. But, again, I get why that's called. And, you know, it does help cut down on – um, Ultimately, but, you know, they do – review situations and do you make adjustments ultimately we've seen you know rule changes and 
you know, I think they change the handball rule every year at this rate, trying right. to make it just like the catch rule in American football. But in that scenario, that's not a foul. And for future reference, give the officials the ability to make a discretionary call there, I think, and say, is a straight red really appropriate here? You got to trust the officials that they'll be able to make that decision there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm- I'm gonna like um back Ian's take on this. It it just felt too up in the air. Um, I don't like seeing decided um decisive moments like that. Um, you know, taken by theatrical um actions. Like, I mean, Plie is a, a a good player, but I mean, clearly, I mean, honestly, this was really the only way he was able to you know leave a mark on the game. I mean, I don't think he's. I don't know. I won't go here, but I mean, really, stat-wise, he hasn't scored so far um, in in the new year. But I just don't, I just don't like s- seeing them um, handcuff this game in that way. And so, yeah, the the time allowed for that to kind of um, judgment call is is too short. So that was just a pity, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a, that's a good take, Paul, because <laughs> yeah, I, he didn't. That was his biggest mark on the game. This- <laughs> Is is drawing that? Uh, I wanted, and we keep the mic here, Paulie, because my thing too is is you know from a buyer perspective, look, fellas, like I hate blaming refs for getting in any sport, right? Like I hate blaming refs for sometimes refs truly do, you know, change the course of a game. I mean, obviously, playing ten men is going to change the whole course of a game, um, but at the same time, you got to go out there and play a football match. You know, it's very early in the game; you can make adjustments. From that perspective, how do you feel about Byron's response? I actually feel great. They, they I thought didn't they get the job done, but I actually think they played well. They they just had to run so much, and it was very clear that Gladback was going to pass the ball around until they got the numerical advantage because Byron was going to be chasing the game, and ultimately yeah. there yeah. would be a gap somewhere. And you saw that for all of their goals is that they. But props to Gladbach because I swear every time they play Bayern, they win every 50-50 ball, every every second ball. It's like the ball is just a magnet to their feet. They always seem to come away with it, right? Bayern may get a deflection off a pass, but that rebound right ends up at the, the feet of a Gladbach player. So, you know, I, I don't understand why they can't do this every other time they're out on the pitch. I'm still embarrassed by them. It's still ridiculous that they're going to have done this to Byron for the third year in a row and come away with nothing out of it. It's they they should be embarrassed. What is my favorite one? They gotta imagine oh, every but... team wearing a Byron shirt. <laughs> yeah. But they won't. That's <laughs> how much is it they... too? You know, the fact, I mean, as Keenan's saying, how hard is it to, like, to swallow the pill that, like, Gladbeck aren't a top side in the Bundesliga? You know, like, like as far as, you know, concerned. It's easy. Well, no, it's, it's, but I'm saying that, like, do you imagine if Dortmund played Bayern like that? You imagine if Leipzig, and I am, you know, we've seen good games, but no team has, has, has beat this Bayern side more in five, you know, like, Yes. Recent history, no team has beat Byron more than Gladbach. And 
I don't know. For me, it's just it's it's hard because it's it's you see these games, you know, and I like looking in the perspective of like an outsider of the league. It's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like Gladbach's not a t- haven't been a top side, you know, here and there they have been right. Um, but for the most part, for the large part, they haven't been a title contender. Uh, but when Bayern do play these title contenders, they're winning those games. You know, like I, I just see it from that perspective. It, it just sucks because it would be like that would have been nice if Gladbach were sitting second, you know, and you send a message and you go out there and you beat Bayern Munich. But where are they sitting? You know, mid table, and I think they're going to stay there. Um, and when Bayern played the Dortmunds and Leipzig of the world, you know what happens, right? I mean, obviously there was a draw earlier with Leipzig, so maybe you can sound a little bit hypocritical there. But for the large part, Leipzig have still never beat Bayern, right? Yeah. Um, so that's my thing. Is it's just like it does kind of suck. <laughs> it's just like right. It just feels like it's a it's a wasted win for them. Because yeah, it's a, yeah, it's like a way and a wasted rivalry, right? Right. It's like it, would be. it should be great. It, we should be. It should be the seventies again. But Gladback seems to only show up for this fixture, and not for the rest of them to keep it that way. And it's so frustrating because they should be the one. Yeah, exactly. The one team that can beat Bayern. You know, the one team that can beat Mighty Bayern can't even compete for a European spot right now. Like just, just you know, right. let's, let's, the last time let's they were head around that right back to back the last two years they haven't made it into a European spot, and in the last ten years they've managed it five times with their best being fourth place. And in that same time frame, right? You you got on your resume, beat Bayern a handful of times. You knocked them out of the DFB book out. You know, embarrassed them. Embarrassed them. What they hung what six right? It's five so it's zero. Like, yeah, and a team with Lewandowski on it. Right. Yeah, I knew we were doing well. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, Polly, how, how about you? Like, were were you pleased with, despite everything, uh, the performance of Bayern? I know you normally aren't if they don't get the W, but objectively speaking. Uh, I mean, I'd say, you know, the possession-wise, things weren't too bad. I mean, obviously, you know, they played the middle of the week, so you got to take that into account. And, I mean, all, all things considered, it was pretty pretty well com- competitively. Obviously, I'd want some things to tighten up defensively, but, you know, pretty good match despite, you know, a, a a handful of um you know drop pieces that allowed for um you know glad back to have their way but all in all just a pretty good game i guess yeah that's fair that's fair i appreciate that from you probably i know it's hard to say <laughs> yeah i i don't know i i didn't feel the greatest but yeah i mean it does put things in perspective and just said probably they had a, a lot of running in paris particularly at the end of that game um so we got to think about that too uh Never dull moment. Never dull moment. Uh, what 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 else do you want to talk about, fellas? You know, so, I mean, that was a big one, obviously. Um, on Saturday, uh, we want to go next. Next one down. Leipzig puts the work in on Wolfsburg. Yeah, and I mean that's that's uh, you know, as Stevie you were alluding to that, you know, great game for them. 
to get that W. They're in they're in good form getting ready for uh for that city clash. Getting does but your boy yeah, so the slide is cuts the end of that one. Um uh, he got on that late goal for them too. Yeah. It's always good to uh see from as a guy that I think we had a lot of uh a lot of hopes for. Um but yeah, I mean this Wolfsburg side is kind of on the tail spin right now, and even kind of they are. So, yeah, still managing. Kind of... I mean, that that's where you see that gap creating, <clears throat> right? But there's top of the table, right? One through one through six is five points. Wolfsburg leading sort of mid table teams, right? Seven through thirteen is separated by six points, and then fourteen through eighteen in that sort of relegation spot, separated by six points. So you got three very distinct areas. on the table and, and Wolfsburg's just letting that, uh, that gap be bigger to keep them out of Europe right now. Yeah. And that's why I have very little hope for Gladbacks and Leverkusen's of the world. Obviously, you know, Cole and Mainz weren't necessarily seeing as, as European sides anyway, but yeah, exactly. They're, they're, that gap is widening between, between like the real competitors and the pretenders. And yeah, I mean, it's eight points now between Frankfurt and Wolfsburg. Yeah. That's that's substantial, especially in this table where everything seems to be tight. Right. It's right. it's very clearly three distinct sections there. And I mean you look at the results, right? Frankfurt come away two zero winners. That's a big <clears throat> three points for them plus gold differential. Freiburg come away two zero winners. That's another scenario there, right? Direct competition with that with teams above you, Leipzig, three zero winners above them. Right. We'll we'll get to, to Dortmund in, in, in a minute, but like you said, that gap continues to grow. Yeah, and I mean, another when I was on the receiving end of that gap, right, minds over uh, Leverkusen as well. Uh, yeah. As they continue to not get fall results. and minds, uh, you know, always like to show up <laughs> in, in carnival fashion. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I mean, that, that that's that's there. Freiburg, straightforward match over, uh, over Bochum there. Yeah. You know, good to see them. Get that W. Uh, speaking of Freiburg, we, I guess we will touch on uh, DFB football. Um, they've got that big picture. <laughs> Give me a clash <laughs> with Bayern Munich. Spoiler alert. That's going to be fun. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on those as well. Um, Stuttgart over Köln. I mean, we talked about this last week with the Billy Goats too, right? Last <laughs> week, they're at home. Feeling good. 3-0 over Frankfurt. And then we see them right back to their old ways against uh, – kind of lowly Stuttgart side, um, if we're being honest, but you just never be know. A good, uh, it should be good for, for Colin coming up, though. Right? You got back at home, you got Wolfsburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the on the road to Union, which, you know, Keenan, uh, Steve's <laughs> licking his lips at. <laughs> and so and the, the Colin roller coaster of, are we home? Are we away? Are we home? Are we away? Yeah, I mean, I'd... I'd yeah, I'd like to see more consistency from them, but I think that's just yeah, that's what we're gonna get from them this year at least. Yeah. Um we know you love the Billy Goats. I do, I do, I do. I mean I love their ability to do that, right? I mean you get a home, you go on the road to them, they're they're gonna disrupt sides and they're gonna have these big wins every year. Uh and they yeah, I mean Stevie, man. Your two sides clashing on <laughs> Sunday, Union Berlin, Chalga. Another snooze fest for Schalke. They they managed to, to claw another point. Um, 
another from, from Ralph Berman, <laughs> uh, clean sheet for 2023. But, uh, uh, you know, a tough week for Union, I'd say. Um, what you think of that one? And then, I mean, what what's next for your Berlin? Obviously, they've got a big task of now having to go on the road to to Allianz Arena um, this weekend. Where, where do you think they are mentally after um, you know the two draws this week? And if you talk to Stevie on mute. Um, I would I would say first Fisher is gonna have them ready to play that game. Um, I mean it 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 was a letdown to not take advantage of the Bayern slip up uh, and be top of the table, but I think they're they're still feeling good about them. I think they're still feeling good about the season and everything so far. Um. I, I mean, they're not going to go in there being all confident and everything, like overly confident. But I think they, you know, they they're going to go in the alley and thinking, "Hey, we have a chance to get some points here." Um, so I, I don't think it's going to rattle them too much. Uh, it'll be we'll, we'll see what happens from Thursday into that game. Uh, the, uh, yeah, they play on Thursday and they'll play on Sunday. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they uh, go through all that. And I believe this one, is, the Thursday, is a home fixture for them. I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to Ajax. Correct. So that'll. Correct. So that'll be good. So that'll be that could be good for Union in that regard that they don't have to travel. But we'll we'll see how much energy they <laughs> they spell to try to get out of you know to. Boost up in the in the in Europa, but yeah, I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a fun matchup this weekend. Well, I think the last Thursday's fixture I think took some of took something out of them as well going into this. I mean, obviously, it's Schalke, right? You still should have come away with the win, but it's a little more acceptable given the like how hard fought that game was at Ajax. Mm-hmm. And that's a good perspective, right? I mean, it wasn't a loss at Ajax, and I think for them it was very much a win going on the road to Ajax, not giving up any goals, right? You come away yeah. with the draw. So there is that mindset, right? Like you said, you would have you would have wanted more from a fixture with Schalke. You would have wanted to, to go top the table. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, I guess from that perspective, it was a positive week for them. I mean, you, yeah, you didn't yeah. – didn't lose either one of those, which should have been far worse. Um, and they got everything to play for at home before you do have to go to Allianz Arena, right? Exactly. And then you benefited, obviously, from the, the Gladback fixture, right? So you did have a little more wiggle room there. And, uh, yeah, as we, we get closer to end time here tonight, fellas, uh, Dortmund, uh, to Berlin, this is a fun fixture. Um, uh, enjoyed watching this one. Dortmund looked really good. Um, Hertz actually showed some signs of life, uh, you know, still on the score sheet. It doesn't, you know, four one <laughs> doesn't look good, but, uh, they at least had some positive passages of play, which is something we haven't seen from them. Let's say this calendar year. Um, but yeah, I mean, just really pleased as, as we said in the, in the uh, European show, really pleased with what I'm seeing from Dorman. 
really a shame to see Adeyemi go down with this injury because I thought once again he was one, if not two, you know, two one best players on the pitch. Um, just a really sensational goal that he had there. Uh, you know, the control to, to tuck that away. Um, I yeah, I just really like what I'm seeing from this from this Dortmund side. Yeah, I think you touched on it. it was last week or the week before that this is usually the time of year where we would see Dortmund begin to slip, and it just doesn't seem to be happening. Right? They're playing much more consistently at a much higher level than we have seen over the last like, five years. Yeah, a lot, and a lot of people involved, right? I mean, you, you touched on it. Julian Brandt has, has been showing up. Um, which is something that we haven't always seen from him, you know, either battling injuries, not always being in the, in the best of form, seeing him perform well, seeing a, a healthy Marco Royce uh, playing well. And then obviously, I mean, we saw Daniel Mal- Malin get on the score sheet, which is a guy that <laughs> we haven't always known what to expect from him, you know, and particularly with, with Sebastian Hollier back, you think, okay, you know, his, his days might be numbered. Um, but even he's, you know, able to score. And I think that's going to only make them better you know, to have all those different options, particularly now with his Adiyama injury, um, you know, to ho- hopefully he can get on track. But yeah, uh, It's really been a collection of, of guys to replace <clears throat> Erling Holland, right? I mean, it was clear for them last year that it, he was going to be the offense for that team. And, you know, you see their goals are spread out amongst a lot of guys, and they, they have a deep squad. They have a lot of really quality players that can come in and provide – a lot of different opportunities for them. I think their midfield right now is uh, is the really their their biggest asset for them with with Oshin, Emery Chan, and, and Jude Bellingham being able to to control that and really be interchangeable. But you know, with Khan being introduced into that defensive midfielder spot and being able to drop in between the center backs where he has played a lot allows a guy like Bellingham to have a lot more freedom, which we touched on. You know, coming into this season was going to be crucial for them. And they missiles look better than Bayern Munich. Very sure. And I think, uh, you know, I think something we said last season too, uh, not too long to learn, but during, you remember the long spell with Erling Holland out, um, you know, when, when Dortmund were able to still get some results without him, then we talked about how they would be a better side for it. Um, you know, having other guys instead of maybe getting into the habit of ball watching Erling Holland. And I think that, Helped set them up for the team that they are now, when because they did have to play so, so much football without him um, due to injury. That um, it was almost like a uh, you know training for for now yeah. this this new look storm inside um, because we've seen the growth of a lot of these players. We saw Jude Bellingham grow a lot during that spell. Um, we started seeing splashes of my man Bino Gittens, who has looked really great, and I think he's he's only going to get better and better too. Um, you know, and then obviously again, you know, being able to get out of being able to get Sebastian Hallier. Uh, I like what I see from them, fellas. I like what I see from them. Selfishly for the league, I want to see them continue to to do this, like we said, because um, it's going to get fun down the stretch if, if if they can stay hot. Um, big calls, big calls ahead. Uh, Pauly D, what what what's your big game this coming weekend? Going forward, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You got one got one you're looking forward to watching this weekend? 
Um, there's a handful, but I'd have to looking at the set. Uh, I think Leipzig and Frankfurt probably is one that wouldn't disappoint. Hey, I really thought that was going to be my my pick <laughs> as, as like the, the under the radar pick. I thought everybody was going to go buy an onion, but too slow. <laughs> <laughs> That's mine. Yeah. Leipzig Frankfurt sounds amazing. That's juicy. <laughs> We're going to, uh, oh, what about the Friday fix here, fellas? How are we feeling? You yeah, me just... curse, Stevie? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Can we break the curse, bro? Nah, no. mine's just gonna take it. I mean, they're, they're at home. They're gonna, they should be in red, right? Yeah. It's close. Yeah, I mean, it's close, but <laughs> mine's is a, mine's a very interesting theme this year, though. I'm just gonna say, it's like it, it's all it's almost like they are where they're supposed to be, but yet they're they still somehow. Surprises by the fact that they have stayed up for as long as they have in the league, but maintain that the tableness of themselves is truly a sight. Truly a sight. Um, not many teams can say that, you know, we're happy being in the middle of the table and not <laughs> get better. Their consistent, yeah, their consistency really is incredible, honestly. Because, um, you know, there's only been a few spells where they've been in doubt of being relegation. But look, fellas, I know yeah. we're out of time here. It's a great. Hey, we'll touch base on the uh, DFB Pokemon. We've got a, a little while before those matches, but do want to highlight those for the fans. Um, until next week. Peace.